And so the Boston Celtics, from the midpoint of the first quarter on, it was tied at 21, and then they put their foot on the gas with three Jalen Brown threes, ending the first quarter on a 23-1 run, leading by 44 at the half, leading by as many as 56, and winning by 52. 140 to 88, the Celtics trounce the Warriors as the Warriors wrap up the four-game road trip, three and one. So they do their job on the road, but they they got it handed to them today by Boston. It's time for Warriors wrap up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game. Warriors wrap up starts now. Yes, it does. Welcome in. A historic loss for the Warriors in Boston this afternoon. Final score, 140 for the Celtics, 88 for the Warriors. As you just heard, Kevin Dana there on the call here on 95.7. The game filling in for the great Tim Roy. This road trip did a great job. Tim Roy will be back on the call here on Wednesday when the Warriors return home to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, looking forward to getting Tim back, looking forward to having the Warriors back in town as well. And despite the way the road trip ended, uh, again, with a 52-point loss at the hands of the NBA's best team, this was still a hugely successful road trip for the Golden State Warriors. They go 3-1 and one on this trip, wins in D.C. against the Wizards. You beat the Knicks in New York, the Raptors in Toronto before falling to the Celtics in Boston. Honestly, going into this road trip, if you offered 3-1, and one, you'd take it without a moment's notice. You probably take two and two. Two and two is the baseline. Anything less would be an abject failure. Uh, but two and two are better. You'll take three and one. You will certainly take. So we can try to look at the bright side of things. A three and one road trip. That's good. Uh, today, bad. Very bad. It was 21 to 21 uh, with a handful of minutes left in the first quarter. And then all hell broke loose. 21 21. Uh, and the Celtics closed the first quarter on a 23-1 to run over the final six minutes. So they led by 22 after the first quarter, but that was not it. it. They kept that going into the second quarter. Uh, at halftime, they had built a 82-38 to lead. They led uh, by 44 points. It was a 61-17 to Celtics stampede over the final quarter and a half of the first half. It was 21 to 21 and then 82 to 38. Some of the numbers, there's a lot of statistical anomalies in this game. We'll get to it all. And then the Warriors waved the white flag at half. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson did not play in the second half for Clay Thompson. Uh, he did leave the game in the first half and went back to the locker room. The ESPN broadcast did call it a hamstring issue uh, for Clay Thompson. Did not seem to be anything major. Uh, but None of the, the regular key veterans played in the second half, and why would you? Down by 44 points at halftime. You're already on the uh, the end of a road trip where you've been all over the, the East Coast in a, in a span of about a week. Uh, yeah, take them out. Wave the white flag. Get ready for the Bucks coming up on Wednesday at home. You fly back today. You get a couple of days off at home. The Warriors have not had a couple of days off in a while. Enjoy that and get ready for a homestand. You got a three-game homestand, a three-game road trip, and then a three-game homestand once again. Uh, so welcome in. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy with you. Want to hear from you guys? Obviously, the game was disappointing, and we don't need to break down all the individual moments like, ah, uh, 
I can't believe Chris Ball did this and and Jonathan Kaminga struggling with that and all of that. Like that that's not what this game is. We're gonna hear from Steve Kerr coming up. Uh, and Steve Kerr just said, no, not worried about the performance. This is just one you flush, you move on, you, you you're happy with the three and one road trip, and you get ready for what's coming up at home. But I'll take your calls on anything. Anything you guys got about this Warriors game, about this Warriors team as a whole, about the stretch of basketball that they're in. Whatever you guys want to talk about, I'm here for on Warriors Wrap-Up, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. Uh, I see a couple of texts coming in from the 510 and the 925. Also, our YouTube chat, of course, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, uh, youtube.com slash 957thegame, if you want to participate in the YouTube chat. Uh, So the Warriors opened this in an interesting way. Um, and again, it was 21 to 21 halfway through the first quarter. They were in this game for the first six minutes, despite the fact that they were purposefully leaving Jalen Brown wide open. They were not contesting his threes. They had no plan to, it was almost the way teams defend Draymond Green at times. Uh, it's the way that the Warriors, I think back to the series against the Oklahoma city thunder when the Warriors came back from a three, one deficit. The way the Warriors would not even defend Andre Roberson, right? You remember Andre Roberson for the Thunder? Uh, He was a really good defender, but very challenged offensively. They would pretend he didn't even exist. Uh, A couple of years prior to that, I guess the one year prior to that, the first year the Warriors won the championship, when they fell behind 2-1 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember what changed that series? The Warriors said, all right, Tony Allen... Yeah, we know you're a great defender. Guess what? I'm not going to guard you, Tony Allen. We're going to pretend you don't exist offensively. And that worked. So this strategy has worked for the Warriors in the past. The only difference is, as Mike points out on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, Jalen Brown's a star, and he's a hell of an offensive player. Is he the best three-point shooter in the league? No, but he's near 40% from downtown. You give that guy open three after open three after open three, uh, he's going to make you hurt. Uh, And he had 19 points, made five threes in the first quarter, and it was his threes on three consecutive possessions that began that uh, that run, the 23-1 run at the end of the first quarter. It was 21-21, and then it went, Jalen Brown three, stop. Jalen Brown three, stop. Jalen Brown three. Suddenly it's a nine-point game. Timeout. It continues. Suddenly it's a 23-1 to one run for Boston. And instead of being down by, I don't, you could have been ahead. It was 21-21 to 21 with six minutes left in the first quarter. Instead of being ahead, close, tied, whatever, you're down by 22 points going into the second quarter. The Warriors put out their normal rotations for most of that second quarter, and they tried maybe to get back in it. Um, but but uh, once he, you know, got down by 30, 40 points near the end of the first half, this game was over, and the Warriors waved the white flag. But an interesting strategic decision there from Steve Kerr and Draymond Green because it was Draymond Green's man. Draymond was matched up with Jalen Brown, also interesting. Um and they decided not to guard him. And you're going to hear Steve Kerr uh, coming up in a little bit here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, he was asked about that decision. I imagine that the answer is, well, we're, we're trying to find a way to allow Draymond Green to help with some of the other Celtics players. Because even without Chris Porzingis, 
Uh, they still got a number of really good offensive weapons, and Draymond Green is at his best when he's able to help off of his man uh, and defend others. Uh, but the issue with that is when the man that he's helping off of is an all-star and a very good offensive player like Jalen Brown. He has his deficiencies, but he's a hell of a basketball player. Um, he's going to make you pay. And he did. And he did. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Jalen Brown, he put up nine threes in the first quarter. I don't have those numbers in front of me. I would venture to guess that might be the most threes he's put up in a quarter in his career. He made five of them. He was 6 of 12 from the field in the first quarter. He scored 19 points. Five of nine from downtown also had three rebounds and an assist uh, in that first quarter. Uh, it was an epic, an epic run for the Boston Celtics. So again, 21 to 21 with six minutes to go in the first quarter. The Celtics closed the first on a 23 to one run over the final six minutes. The Warriors only scored one point in that time. The six final six minutes of the first quarter. It was a Clay Thompson technical free throw. They were 0 of 7 shooting with three turnovers to close the quarter. And over the final 18 minutes of the first half, the score went from 21 to 21 to 82 to 38 Boston. That is a 61 to 17 run over 18 minutes. I'm not sure what part of that run, what part of that score is more surprising or appalling, the fact that the Celtics scored 61 points in 18 minutes or the fact that the Warriors scored 17 points in 18 minutes. Uh, but during that 18-minute stretch, the Warriors were 7 for 28 from the field, shooting 25% during that stretch. The Celtics were 23 for 37, 62% from the field during that stretch. Uh, during those 18 minutes, the Warriors had 3 assists and 8 turnovers. The Celtics had 13 assists and one turnover. Anyway, you slice it. Those final 18 minutes were ugly. 44 points at halftime. Uh, the Warriors trailed by. It was the largest halftime deficit of the Steve Kerr era. The 44-point lead for the Celtics at half. Also, their largest halftime lead in franchise history. How about that? Largest halftime lead for the Celtics in Boston franchise history. This is arguably the most historic franchise in the league. Talk about all the Hall of Famers that they had way back when. Some of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball have been Boston Celtics, uh, and they have never had a halftime lead larger than they did today against the Golden State Warriors. They led by 44 at the halftime break. Uh, it also, this halftime score... Uh, 82-38 to 38 in favor of the Celtics. That's simultaneously the most points the Warriors have allowed in any half this year and the fewest points they've scored in any half this year. Uh, so this was undoubtedly the worst first half, worst half of the Warriors season, and it was not particularly close. Now I say all of that, and I'm going to couch it with this. 3-1 road trip. Losing this game by 52 points, guess what? It still only counts as one loss. The Warriors, 3-1 and one on the road trip. They've still won 13 of their last 17. They are continuing to climb in the Western Conference standings, although not today because they lost, of course. They did get help elsewhere. The 76ers held on and beat the Mavericks. That is a huge result for the Warriors. You've got a game later on tonight that could help you out as well. When the uh, Thunder visit the Suns in Phoenix, the Warriors should be big 
Oklahoma City Thunder fans in that game. The Phoenix Suns are catchable if you are the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors currently are only three games behind the Phoenix Suns, and Phoenix is sitting in the sixth spot. So if you're looking at the bright side of things, which I think Warrior fans should do because this is still a team that's playing really good basketball, a 52-point loss, it counts the same as a one-point loss. And if you were to ask me, given the state of the Warriors right now, there's been all this talk about Steph Curry and fatigue, and this team has been all over the place. It wasn't even really much of an all-star break for Steph and yada, 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 and all that. I know he's denied being fatigued, denied being tired, and of course he's going to even if he doesn't feel that way. Regardless, that's not the point of this. The point is the Warriors are a veteran team, one of the older teams in the NBA, and they have been playing Unlike them of, of years past, they've been playing meaningful basketball for a while now. Like When the Warriors were really rolling, even two years ago when they won the championship, they were comfortably in the top four of the Western Conference. So at this stage of the season, they did not need to push themselves a ton. They didn't need to um, get up for games in January and February. And okay, it, may, it might change now into March for that Warrior team a couple of years ago. But when you're already 20 games over 500 and you've got so much room between you and like the 4th or the 5th seed, like you don't need to play every single game like this is a, this is a game we got to have. But when you're the Warriors of this year, when you're the Warriors of last year and you struggled out of the gate, you struggled for like the whole first half of the season, these games mean more to you now. So the Warriors have been playing meaningful basketball for a really long time. What does that mean? It means a little bit more strain on Steph Curry, on Draymond Green, on Klay Thompson, on everybody else. Not that they can't handle it, but you're putting a larger strain, physical strain, on your body because of what happened earlier in the season. So, if you were to ask me, Warriors lose this game, would you rather it be a one-point loss where Steph played 38 minutes or a 52-point loss where Steph Curry didn't play in the entire second half? Honestly, I'd take this result. Get, use this as like a, a hard practice day. You, you scrimmaged in practice. You got two days off. Get ready for the Bucks coming uh, on Wednesday at home at Chase Center. And again, maybe that's being a little too biased. Maybe that's being a little too much of a homer. But a loss is a loss. Does not matter how many points you lose by. A one-point loss, a 52-point loss. They mean the same thing in the standings. And this one is... Uh, comes at the end of a road trip where you still go 3-1. and one. You've still won 13 of your past 17 games. You've won eight of your last nine road games. The Warriors are fine. And uh, we're going to hear from Steve Kerr coming up here in just a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm sure he is not, he is not uh, worried about this one. Either also do have an injury update as well. Brandon Pajemski, who has not played the last two games, uh, Steve Kerr did say that he expects... Uh, Pajemski to play on Wednesday at home against the Bucks, And if today was a playoff game, Steve Kerr said Pajemski would have played. So that knee inflammation from Pajemski, not a big deal. Uh, if this was a got-to-have-it game, a postseason game, or win and you're into the postseason, whatever the case was, Pajemski would have played. So that is good news for the Warriors there. 
All right, 888-957-9570. That is uh, also the Comcast Business text line. Give me a call if you want to join the program. We will hear from Steve Kerr coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, But let's first go out to the fold lines as they're beginning to light up here on Warriors wrap-up. As the Warriors fall to the Celtics, 140-88, a 52-point win for the Boston Celtics. Historic loss for the Warriors, uh, the most lopsided loss of uh, the Steve Kerr era. Uh, a number of of crazy statistics, crazy factoids coming from this game. The largest regular season loss of Steph Curry's career, regular season and postseason. Just the fourth time over uh, the last four seasons they've uh, they, they've trailed by 50 or more. Pardon me, just the fourth time uh, over the last 25 seasons the Warriors have trailed by 50 or more. And a Boston now is the first team in NBA history to win three games by at least 50 points. Uh, Wild, crazy, crazy numbers coming out of this game for the Warriors. All right, out to the phone lines we go. 888-957-9570. Up first is Mark in Milbray. Mark, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, uh, hey, what are you going to say? Tonight was a debacle. Uh, Celtics? just playing incredible basketball. If the road trip, you told me three and one, I thought this would be the one loss. I didn't, I don't think any of us expected it to be this lopsided, but right now with the way the Celtics are playing and with the way this, the, the Warriors have struggled in that place right there, when they get on top of you, it's uh lights out. So, Hey, you got to tip your cap to the Celtics. They did beat him back at chase, but tonight uh, Celtics were just uh, outstanding start to end. No way, two ways about it. That's why right now they have the best record in the league. And right now, honestly speaking, they have more pressure than any team in the league to win the title. Because let's face it, the Celtics have been a major disappointment. They've been the best team in the league the last, what, four-plus years? They've either been the number one seed, the best record, and they've choked in the playoffs. So they've got a lot of pressure on them. And now they loaded up. They got Porzingis, even though he played tonight. They got added Drew Holiday, which was big for them. But for them, it's title brust. So more than any other team, as far as the Warriors go, you'll take it. Still playing great basketball. Uh, as you mentioned, great uh, time for them today. At least Dallas lost again. Uh, we'll see about Sacramento. But the Warriors are sitting pretty right now uh, because they're closing in on the eighth seed right now. And I'm not going to be surprised if Sacramento starts a little fall off right now. I think the Warriors have the most favorable schedule, schedule the last 20-plus games. So. If you're them, you want to hone in on that six, uh, seven seed. Uh, I don't think Phoenix is going to fall back that much, but I think the seven seed right now, Phoenix, uh, Sacramento, excuse me, Sacramento and 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 Dallas, I think are going to slide a little bit. So I like the Warriors on that. You got a huge game. I'm going to be at on Wednesday night, huge game against Milwaukee. So I'm looking at them from from their perspective. I want them to set their tone at home because they're playing great on the road. Love the way they're focusing, but this is a huge test against a, a red-hot Milwaukee team. I want to get your thoughts now. Can they get this swag they got on the road back at Chase Center? Because, let's face it, they've been an average team at home all year. And Wednesday night, you got, you're got you going to be well-rested. you got a red-hot elite team uh, in Milwaukee. I want to get your thoughts on that, where they go in terms of honing and locking in at Chase Center and getting back that persona they've had before this year at home thanks for the time yeah appreciate the call mark um 
you're right, Milwaukee is playing a lot better of late. They've now won five straight games. They're seven and three in their last ten. It seems like maybe they've figured it out under Doc Rivers just a little bit. That experiment was going very poorly early in Doc Rivers' tenure, but five consecutive wins. They're up to the three. In fact, they're tied with the uh, Cavaliers. They're just percentage points behind the Cavaliers for second in the Eastern Conference. So Milwaukee still a very good team. They're at 40-21. and 21. They're in town on Wednesday for the Warriors. Uh, and Mark, you are right. Uh, the Warriors actually better on the road than at home. They're now 16-13 and 13 away from home this year uh, and 16-15 and 15 at Chase Center. Uh, you said they've been an average team at home all year. Really, they've just been an average team all year. I guess below average early, and they've been above average lately. Um, but all in all, at home, on the road, pretty much an average team. Uh, now, considering what the Warriors were last year when they won just 11 games on the road yet last year and were like the best home team in the NBA season ago, that home record's a little bit surprising. Uh, and as we talked about on the pregame show on Warriors Live, if you were with us, I was talking about what's on tap for the Warriors after today's game. So now the Warriors head home. They've got a three-game homestand when they have the Bucks on Wednesday, the Bulls on Thursday, and the Spurs on Saturday. After that three-game homestand, you've got three games on the road and then three more at home. So the Warriors' next nine games, six of them are at home. But after that, you're you're not really at Chase Center for all that much, all that, that long, the rest of the regular season. After the next nine games, when the Warriors have six of them at home, Nine of the next 11 are on the road, and then you close up the regular season with two games at home. But you got a stretch where nine of 11 are on the road just before the end of the regular season. So if the Warriors want to get some home cooking going, and they need to, because if you are going to climb in the Western Conference, you got to stack some wins together when you are at home. Take advantage of the friendly confines. Take advantage of your crowd. Take advantage of not traveling. Take advantage of getting a good night's rest. Take advantage of sleeping in your own bed. Take advantage of the comfort level when you're warming up, when you're walking back into your own locker room, all of that. Take advantage of it. The Warriors have not done that really all season. Again, 16 and 15 at home this year. That is as surprising of a number uh, when describing the Golden State Warriors as any number you can point to this entire season. 16 and 15 at home. And to Mark's point, there is there is an opportunity to climb in the Western Conference. Their goal should be and is the six. Uh, right now, the Pelicans are at the five. The Suns are the six, a half game behind the Pelicans. And then you've got the Kings at the seven, uh, a half game behind the Suns. The Mavericks, a game behind the Kings for eighth. And then the Warriors, a game and a half behind the Mavericks for ninth. So if you are eyeing uh, the Warriors to jump up to six, they would have to jump over three teams and they'd have to make up three games at the moment. The Suns are sixth and the Warriors are ninth, three games behind them. That is That is certainly doable. Now, if they're not six, they would take seven. You would take eight. The Warriors, at the very worst, want to be eighth because that means you guarantee yourselves two shots at a play-in game. Because remember, the way the play-in works, if you're the seven, you play the eight. If you're the nine, you play the ten. The winner of the seven and eight game and the higher seed hosts, the winner of the seven versus eight game is the seven seed. The loser of the 7-8 and eight game then plays the winner of the 9-10 game. The winner of that game, then, is the 8th seed. 
So if you're the 9 or the 10, you have to win two games. At least one of them will be on the road. If you're the 10, both of them will be on the road. If you're the 7 or the 8, you only have to win one of two, and at least one of them will be at home. If you're the 7, both of them will be at home. So if the Warriors can't get up to the 6, they at least want to be the 8 and guarantee themselves two shots at a play-in game to earn themselves a right to make the playoffs, to, to actually get into a seven-game series. Now, then you got to worry about who, who you're playing. If you're the eight, of course, you'll play the one. If you're the seven, you'll play the two. If you're the six, you'll play the three. And the way the three are right now, I mean, they're all tied. OKC, Minnesota, and Denver all tied. OKC is up by percentage points, but they're all essentially tied with each other. Uh, it might come down to the wire to determine who you're playing, so the Warriors will not be... I would imagine they will not be uh, basing uh, uh, their seating on who they could be playing. They're they're basing their seating purely on giving themselves the best shot in the play-in, which is simply get as high as you can or avoid the play-in entirely. Uh, There's certainly room to do it. Now, what becomes difficult, it's not just about the the number of games you have to make up. Again, the Warriors only behind the sixth seed by three games right now. It is that you have to jump a number of teams to do it. If the Warriors were to finish as the sixth, they'd have to jump one, two, three teams to get up there, which means you need to keep winning and you need some help elsewhere. Now, if you close the season like winning 80% of your games, then maybe you only need a a minor blip from those other teams, but you are going to need some help uh, and and you're going to need those teams to lose just a little bit as well. All right, so the Warriors, they fall a setback in Boston, but still a 3-1 and road trip. This was a historic loss. Uh, the Celtics 140, the Warriors 88, a 52-point loss for the Warriors. The largest regular season loss of Steph Curry's career, regular season and postseason. It's just the fourth time the Warriors have trailed at some point in a basketball game by 50 or more in the last 25 seasons. And for Boston, it is the first time in NBA, they're the first team in NBA history to win three games in a single season by 50 or more points. Um, The first half specifically was very bad for the Warriors. Uh, They trailed at the half 82 to 38. That was simultaneously the most points the Warriors have allowed in any half this season and the fewest points they've scored in any half this season. So that first half, 82 to 38 in favor of Boston. Uh, No doubt about it, the worst half of the Warriors' season. And it might be, I mean, you could maybe make make a, a case for that being one of the worst halves in Warriors franchise history. That's how bad it was, and that's how good the Boston Celtics were. All right, let's hear from Warriors head coach Steve Kerr after the game in Boston. Uh, again, his team falls 140-88. to 88. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot of Steve Kerr just saying, all right, let's move on, get ready for the homestand. Not going to worry too much about this result, uh, but let's hear from the man. It's Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, reacting to today's Warriors lost 140-88 to at the hand of the NBA's best, Boston Celtics. What was the decision, or when did you guys decide that, that Steph, Clay, and Draymond weren't going to return to the game? It was either when they went up 42 late first quarter or 56 early second quarter, some, somewhere in that range. Like, are you concerned about this? Type of no, it? no. So this is a this is, you flush it down the down the toilet. No, we had a great road trip, three and one. Uh, we've had a million games. Um, 
So Boston was amazing. We weren't beating them today. So we head home and uh, get ready for Wednesday. Um, I mean, I don't think any strategic you know, tweak would have won you the game, but you guys really sagged off Brown early at 19, like right away. I mean, was that... Uh, what was that part of the game plan? Uh, you know, you, you, you try different things. You guard, You have to pick your matchups. You know, we wanted uh, Draymond to be able to help on drives and, and make sure that we weren't giving up um, easy stuff in the paint. The, the, uh, the, the killer was the transition um, from the beginning all the way till the end. They got 42 transition points, so you're not winning a game, um, you know, with, uh, with that kind of defensive uh, or lack of defensive awareness. What about their defense on you? Guys they were great. They were physical right from the start. They were switching. They put ball pressure on. They were they were fantastic. They, um, you know, Boston has a hell of a team, and this was a uh, a really um, impressive uh, performance by them at both ends. Ready to get home? Yes. You feel like Pajemski might be. You know. He'll be ready. He'll be. He'll be good Wednesday. Yeah. If this was a playoff game, he would have played. Um, given where he is in his rookie year, you know, getting the extra three days before the next game, I think he needed it. And um, he's he's played a lot of minutes for us. He's already played more games this year than he did in college last year. Um, it's great for him to get the extra few days, uh, but he'll be ready to go Wednesday. Not that this is how you wanted Steph to rest with this being. Circumstances, but does him having that second half to sit kind of ease some of those other conversations that you guys might have been having about finding opportunities to rest him? I mean, yeah, at least you know he played 15, 16 minutes, I think. So um, at least there wasn't a lot of wear. Uh, but it's different, you know, when you give a guy a day off, he gets a day off. It's mentally refreshing as well. So this was not a day off for Steph, uh, although he probably could have used one. He's uh, played uh, so well and for so long uh, this year, um, but hopefully. Hopefully uh, the next few days we'll um, get him recharged and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll go out and play golf or something and get, get away from it and um, come back Wednesday night ready. Any Wiggins update? No, no update, ma'am. That was Steve Kerr at the very end. If you didn't hear the question, I think it was Anthony Slater. They're asking it at the very end. Uh, any update on Andrew Wiggins? Uh, and Steve Kerr said no, no update. Now the Warriors do have two days off. Uh, before they play next, they're off tomorrow on Monday. They're off Tuesday. They got the Bucks coming into town on Wednesday. Um, of course, Steve Kerr will be asked pregame about Andrew Wiggins if there's no news before then. Um, but a lot can happen in a couple of days, so we will see there. I will say, uh, if you're looking at performances today, um, Moses Moody had a good start to the game once again. He finished with 11 points. You can you can throw ultimately all the the stat lines. Out the out the window, flush it as Steve Kerr said for the whole game. Like nothing in terms of total stats really matters. You you can find something wrong with everybody's stat line. Uh, I mean, let's see. Lester Quinion, Lester Quinion has led the team with 17 points. Uh, he was a game worst minus 37. Now the reason he was minus 37 was because he played the most minutes. And when you play the most minutes in a game in which you lose by 52, you're also probably going to have the worst plus minus, and that was the case for Quinones. So you can throw all of the numbers out the window; it, it does not matter. Uh, I thought Moses Moody had a good start to this ball game when the Warriors were in this game and tied 21-21. He hit an early three. He had a transition dunk off a pass uh, from. 
uh, Clay, who caught the outlet, then dropped it off to Steph, who found a cutting Moody. A nice dunk there. He fought for an offensive rebound. Ball was rolling around for a while, got that and finished. Another nice day for Moses Moody, but again, uh, didn't really play a ton in the second half, as uh, any of the starters did not play. In fact, most of them, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, did not play at all uh, in the second half. Speaking of Draymond Green, and one of the other things that you heard Steve Kerr talk about there was the decision to dare Jalen Brown to shoot three-pointers, a la teams do to Draymond Green, a la the Warriors did to Andre Roberson in playoffs past, as they did to Jeff Green. Or pardon me, uh, not Jeff Green. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. I had it earlier. Tony Allen. Tony Allen. I don't know why I thought Jeff Green. Tony Allen of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, as the Warriors did to Tony Allen way back when, when they just pretended he did not exist uh, on the Memphis offensive end. The difference is that uh, Jalen Brown is an all-star and a very good offensive player. Draymond Green in the postgame locker room was asked about the decision and the strategy that the Warriors implemented to sag off Jalen Brown, and he said, quote, they came up with the decision to do that, uh, quote, like 15 minutes before we left the locker room. So it was like a last-second decision by the Warriors. Draymond Green continued saying, quote, I thought it was fun to try. I was actually all for it. It didn't work. Oh, well, we move on. Uh, so at least Draymond Green having a little bit of fun with it post game, But it was kind of perplexing early on. Not that Jalen Brown is an elite three-point shooter, but he's, I mean, he's darn near 40%. That's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, and he's an, an all-star in the NBA for a reason. You, you can't you can't leave a guy open like that time and time and time again. Now, maybe you get lucky and he misses a few and then he gets in his own head and then maybe he's hesitant to shoot. Uh, but, but he made two of his first four and then he kept shooting and he kept making them. So once it did not work early, I think it, uh, it required a very quick reset and switch. Um, that reset and switch came too late because then he hit three threes uh, he had a three on three consecutive possessions, turning a 21 to 21 tie into a 30 to 21 Boston lead in the blink of an eye. They would keep adding on to it. It was a 23 to one run for Boston over the final six minutes of the second quarter. And they added to that in the second quarter over the final 18 minutes of the half for Boston. It was a 61 to 17 run. A 61-17 to 17 run for the Celtics over 18 minutes, the final 18 minutes of the first half. Uh, I do see uh, some upset Warrior fans on the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. The 415 uh, says, shall we say exposed? I don't want no excuses, no excuse for four Hall of Famers, no excuse for an embarrassing loss like this. I get it. It was embarrassing. You lose by 52 points. You trailed by more than that at one point. What was the Celtics' largest lead in this game? They led by 56 points. The Celtics led by 56 points at one point in this game. I get it. Embarrassing. But a loss is a loss. It only counts for one. You can lose by one. You can lose by 52. You can lose by 100. It only counts as one loss. Now, where maybe there is a danger is if this you know, gets into the mental head, mental space of the players. You remember it, you're worried about it, and and it affects you moving forward. I think the Warriors are in a space um, mentally 
where it, it's not going to affect them moving forward. I mean, they've, they haven't lost like this before, but the Warriors have had their fair share of blowout losses, even in key moments. Uh, I mean, I, I think back to the finals against these Boston Celtics two years ago. Uh, you lost game one at home. That was a close one. Uh, and then you won game two. Game three in Boston, it wasn't quite this bad, of course, but it was a game where Boston just came out on fire. They let, I think they led by like 20 in that game, and you felt like you were never really in it. I remember earlier in the playoffs two years ago uh, against Memphis. I mean, there was the game, remember, where Memphis fans are chanting and Draymond Green got ejected, and there was the Gary Payton the second injury, and the Dylan Brooks dirty play and all of this, and the Warriors lost, I think it was game three uh, in Memphis after they went up 2 nothing or, or whatever the situation was. Oh, no, the Memphis was the higher seed. The Warriors were the, the road team for the first two games. They got... They got blown out in a game in that series. It's happened in the past as well. I think back uh, to that Oklahoma City series back in the 2016 playoffs when the Warriors went down 3-1. to one. In games 3 and 4 in OKC, the Warriors were not in those games from the second they tipped off. Like They've been through losses like this before, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm alone in this thought, but I think they are veteran enough. I think they're savvy enough. I think they are tough enough mentally to not let a loss like this um, snowball and affect them moving forward. Now, if it does, that's an issue, but I don't think it will. Um, I think this is one where the Warriors say, all right, we'll we'll just take this night off and we'll get back at it on Wednesday against the Milwaukee Bucks when they're in town and we'll get some home cooking going. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I appreciate the, the energy to the 415 on the Comcast Business text line. Um, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. The 408 brings up a good point. Look at their last six days, and there's your answer for the bad game. Don't make it more than that. I agree with you. And I would say look further than the past six games. Even with this loss, the Warriors have still won 13 of their last 17 games. Things are looking up even with today's loss. All right, so the Warriors lose today, again, historic fashion, a 52-point loss, the largest regular season loss of Curry's career. Uh, And now they return home Wednesday against Milwaukee, Thursday against Chicago, Saturday against San Antonio. Then you're in San Antonio on Monday, so you've got a home-and-home with the Spurs coming up. Those uh, should be two wins for the Warriors, you would hope. Uh, Then you got Dallas on the road, the Lakers on the road. Then you return home for the Knicks, the Grizzlies, and the Pacers. Six of the next nine at home for the Warriors, and now is their opportunity to get some home cooking going because after that, nine of the next 11 games, after these nine, six of them would, six of them at home, after this stretch of these nine games, six at home, nine of the next 11 are on the road for the Warriors. As we take a look at the Western Conference standings as we speak, the Warriors slot in as the nine seed percentage points ahead of the Lakers for the 10 spot. Uh, the Warriors are 32 and 28. They're a game and a half behind the Mavericks who already lost today to the Sixers. Thank you, Philadelphia. 
and the Warriors are two and a half games behind the Kings for the seven spot and three games behind the Suns for the five, also three and a half games behind the Pelicans for the fifth spot in the Western Conference. Uh, the game to keep an eye on moving forward, if you are a Warriors fan, uh, unfortunately the Clippers did beat the T-Wolves today, not that the Warriors have a legitimate chance to catch the Clippers, uh, but that was one to keep an eye on. But the more important one tips off uh, in a little less than three hours, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time, the Thunder in Phoenix taking on the Suns. Warriors fans should be Thunder fans for tonight's game because if the Suns are to lose, that would mean the Warriors would be just two and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns uh, for the 6-7 spot because if the Suns lose, they would be tied with the Sacramento Kings. All right, all we got to do now here on Warriors Wrap-Up is decide who our hardest worker of the game is, and this might be the most difficult hardest worker of the game uh, to hand out. Uh, Hardest Worker of the Game is brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. Looking at this box score, let's see. The Warriors only had three players in double figures. Lester Quinones had 17. Moses Moody had 11. Jerome Robinson had 10. Uh, Not great, not great, not great. I think I just got to go with the Celtic in this one. I mean, that's that's the only fair thing I can do here. I mean, you lose by 52 points. I'm not sure anyone is deserving of our hardest worker of the game. Again, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. So I'll go with the Celtic, as much as that pains me to do. Uh, Jalen Brown, we talked about him earlier. He was left wide open time and time again, and he made the Warriors pay. He finished with 29 points, 11 of 19 from the field, five of 10 for, or yeah, five of 10 from downtown. Of his 29 points, 19 of them came in the first quarter. He made Draymond Green and the Warriors pay for leaving him wide open. He connected a number of times. He began that crazy 23 to one run with a 9-0 run himself. He is our hardest worker of the game. Again, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. I feel okay giving it to Jalen Brown. He went to Cal. You know, he's got some ties to the Bay Area. So Jalen Brown, our hardest worker of the game. All right, that'll do it for Warriors Wrap-Up today here on 95.7 The Game. Again, the Warriors back in action on Wednesday. Tip is at 7. Pre-game coverage begins at 6 with Warriors Live here on 95.7 The Game. But make sure you're tuned in bright and early tomorrow morning. I can tell you that uh, Spadoni and Shasky are back. So you've got Spadoni on the pre-game show at 5 in the morning. Bonte and Shasky will be reunited for the morning roast 6 to 10 tomorrow. Stiney and Gu 10 to 2, Willard and Dibbs 2 to 6, as always, here on 95.7 The Game. So we have that to look forward to tomorrow and the rest of the week. All right, that'll do it for us here today on this Sunday for Chris O'Connell, for Sterling Bennett. I am the system of this show. <laughs> yeah, there we go, Gu. You, you hear Gu beginning at 10 tomorrow morning here on 95.7 The Game. But for Chris, for Sterling, my name is Mark Grandy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Warriors, a historic loss to the Celtics, 140-88. to But, hey, still a 3-1 and road trip, and now they return home. We'll talk to you next time on 95.7 The Game.